Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Being an Empath. Thank you guys for your warm um, reception to our new look and our new website, our new digital home. Um, Yeah, it just touches my heart. It's been such a beautiful journey over the past six months of birthing, right? This new 2.0 version of the soul frequency as each one of you are birthing the new 2.0 version of yourself. It's a time of, right? upgrading and up leveling and it's just exciting and I'm glad you guys are enjoying it and thank you for your kind words um they always touch my heart super 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 awesome and just sending you guys all my love and I'm excited to share with you this conversation um on today's episode talking about being an empath because there are really some very valuable practical tools uh, to protect your energy, right? And to to feel confident being an empath and to feel confident that you do feel a lot of the world and and how to really identify what's yours and what's not yours. Um, I had Christina Medina with me on the show and she really brought some awesome stuff to the table. I'm excited to share it with you guys. Uh, she was super creative as a child, imaginative, curious about life, believing everything was possible. But like many of us, you know, coming into a family system um, where they struggled with PTSD and some substance abuse. And, you know, as children, sometimes we go through certain things that really form our, our core wounds, right? The things that we're going to work on as we get older and that we're going to really develop wisdom from. And so she went through that. She went through a journey of awakening, um, living in New York City and coming through a divorce and the loss of a job. And, and she talks about this time, this pivotal time in her life where she started to embrace yoga and meditation and Reiki and how that changed her future, literally, um, which is really cool. And she talks talked about, you know, where her life is now, right? Engaged to the love of her life and just expanded in every different way and how the tools that she shares in this episode really helped her get to where she is today and which is possible for all of us. And so um, please help me welcome Christina Medina to the show. Christina, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm I'm very excited to be here. I, it's, you know, as I said, I'm very excited to connect with you. I love the message of your podcast and what you're putting out into the world. And um, you have some amazing guests. So I'm very honored to be one of them. 
Well, wonderful. Well, I felt a connection to kind of your story and some of what you have, you know, evolved over your journey. Um, and so I just want to bring everybody else into the mix of what I already kind of have read and know and to hear it direct from you. So, so take us back to kind of like, if you were to look back on your life and your younger life and say, you know, these were kind of my core wounds or struggles or difficulties or things I needed to overcome or learn wisdom about, like, yeah. what would you go back to in your journey? Well, I think the, my soul was decided to like incarnate into this life into um, a family that had a lot of generational trauma and wounds. And my um, childhood and upbringing was no different than my mother's and um, her mother's. So it, I think that, you know, the kind of experiences that I went through as a child really were surfaced in or kind of created this illusion, as I like to call it, that made me feel like I wasn't worthy of love, unconditional love, what that was, and also deserving of whatever it was I wanted in my life, you know, and um, I think that that's been my biggest obstacle in this life and um, my greatest lesson, because I really feel like once I understood that about myself and about those experiences of the past were there to serve me in the most beautiful way. And I started seeing that unfolding. I call it the beautiful unfolding, but I started seeing that unfolding. Um, the realization of that and the ability to grow through that and, and heal through that and not be afraid to look at that and get curious about it. Once that stuff started in motion, my life changed pretty rapidly. So what was that kind of changeover point? Like, so, you know, I, I know in my journey, it's like, you're kind of walking along, you're living life, you, you are learning lessons and all these things, but then yeah. there's a moment, right? Like there's a turning point of that moment of transformation or awakening where you really start to like go deeper with it, right? Or understand it in a different way. What was that time like in your life? There, it was, it really kicked in. Like, so yes, there were moments throughout my life where I had these little insights, these feelings, um, that would surface. And I felt this overwhelming connection. I'm also an empath and a highly sensitive, I was highly sensitive child. I still am. But so there were some obstacles to overcome with that. About 10 years ago, when I got my coaching certification, and that kind of led to a few other things, uh, modalities and stuff that really awakened it for me. But if you really want to look at it, was a, there was a pinnacle night that I experienced where, you know, I went through the recession. I moved to New York 14 years ago. I was married. I lost my job twice through the recession, went through a divorce. I'm telling you all this stuff so you can understand kind of where, how this all led up to this moment 10 years ago. It's actually closer to 11 years ago. Um, I was, I had to bartend. New York city is very expensive and I had to find some way to make money. And um, I bartended when I was younger in college. I was the first person to graduate from high school and university. So I was like, okay, I got to do this. You know, I've got to pay the bills. 
I was not going to run home or run away from this thing. It was my dream to make it in New York City and to find my true purpose. At the time, I thought it was art, but it actually ended up being um, art in a different way. And so, you know, it, it was still serving, but art in a different way. So anyway, going back to the bartending, I was bartending and when you bartend, you're around a lot of alcohol and you're around a lot of people that drink alcohol. It becomes very normalized for you. And, you know, this, this point in my life, I was, I look back, I was actually very depressed. I went through a divorce. I lost my job. I put my way through school so I could become a gallerist. I found a dream job in New York to work in an art gallery. And then the recession happened and I couldn't keep a job in a gallery or get paid. So there was, there were all these things plus the stresses of life and being a New Yorker and just feeling like I was a total loser, you know, and I was bartending, which I mean, bartending is an incredibly difficult job. You're not a loser if you're a bartender, but in my mind at that time in my life, I felt like I wanted so much more for my life. And I was using alcohol to kind of numb all of that. And so, you know, like many people that work in bars, I would have a few drinks every night while I'm working and it just became very normal for me. You also make friends with a lot of people that work in bars who are bartenders. So you go and you basically drink for free or very little to nothing. So I was li really living in poverty. I wasn't making the money that people think bartenders make in New York City. And um, one night I went out and I went to a friend's bar and you know, I was overserved, but I also kept drinking and I don't remember how I got home. I just remember that when I did get home, my computer, my laptop had a cracked screen and I lived on a fifth floor walk up in the East Village at that time. So I don't know how I made it up all those stairs. Um, so intoxicated because I had not had like a blackout moment like that before. I managed to get in a cab and get home and everything, but I vaguely remember falling in my apartment and cracking my computer. I woke up the next morning, saw that, felt miserable, obviously, um, and didn't have the money to even fix my computer. So it was like a, it was very much a low point in my life. And I felt like I had so much of like dark energy in my life that um, I needed to find some light. And so I got on Craigslist and I found an opportunity at an art or not an art gallery, a yoga studio to volunteer there in exchange for teacher training. So I went, I made an appointment that afternoon. I felt terrible, but I went in and I got the job or the internship. And so I started working in this yoga studio there. They had an acupuncturist. You know, there were many people who were living like a raw vegan lifestyle at that time. And um, I got introduced to meditation. I got introduced to energy work. So I, I was really in this awakening moment in my life. And I met some amazing people that helped me see a different path for myself where I felt more connected and I, and I felt more aligned with purpose. So it was then that, you know, fast forward slightly, I got my coaching certification. I went through this program that in itself was life-changing for me because you learn to ask so many questions that you first ask of yourself. So, <laughs> you know, and you take all these assessments that are tools that you use to help other people. So it really gave me an opportunity to look at like, okay, here are the places that 
feel good. And here are the places to just feel completely out of balance that I need to give myself more love, you know? And then also it gave me the opportunity to go in and start assessing some of those things that I call um, boxes down in the basement, you know, bring them up, dust them off, get curious. Why, why do I feel this way? Why am I reacting this way to something? Oh, let's go down. Let's get curious. Let's pull up this box. Let's stick through it. Do I even need this anymore? Maybe we can sell this in a garage sale kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So it, that was a real turning point for me. It was a low point, but like the most beautiful gift I could have ever been given because that, that prompted such like dramatic change and contrast in my life. I love that. And the thing that's coming up as you were sharing that is like, you know, what we hang around vibrationally, we become, right? So if you are, you know, not not that any lifestyle is better than the other or whatever, we all have free will choice. But if you're, you know, in that bar scene and that doesn't feel resonant, but you're doing it every day and you're going there and you're around all the people that are in that scene, like you're going to align yourself with that. And the coolest thing that you did is just, you know, woke up that next morning and was like, I need to align myself basically. Not that you said those exact words, but I need to align myself with something else here. Like I need to, I need to go to this yoga studio. Right. And just vibe with these people. Right. I was just like, something has got to change here. And and a voice inside of me, which now I know was like my inner guide. People will call it your higher self, your intuition, God. But I refer to it now as my inner guide told me to do that. And it all started aligning. It wasn't an easy path. When I say it all started aligning, it wasn't like, oh, this is a breeze, instant success. You know, there was a lot of crap like down there that had to come up. And, and, you know, I was in relationships and friendships and just different things like that, that just no longer really aligned with me. But I had this part of me that was so codependent, you know, that was trying to do things and then trying to save people, you know, trying to heal people. Like I was learning all these new skill skills. I was suddenly the person that was going to help people, you know, and I'm just, I look back and I see how I gave so much of my energy to others, you know, doing that. But again, that was all necessary because it, it brought me where I am now with so much more insight and awareness. And now I, I get passion through helping others. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And you bring up such a good point because I think at the beginning of transformation, like your idea is nothing needs to really change. I just am going to heal everything that's currently in my world, right? Which is a really beautiful, like, you know, concept and thought and like gift of the heart. Um, But it also comes from like the fear of anything changing, right? Like, can't I just fix everybody in my life, even if they don't want to be fixed, right? Fixed, so to speak. Um, And and then setting out on that kind of path, like not even having a conversation about does this resonate with you or are they on the path of like awakening themselves, but just like, I'm going to make everybody come along for the ride. Right. And, and I think, I think that desire is there for everybody who's transforming. And, and I think sometimes like we can bring certain people along with us, but I don't know anybody that's gone through like a spiritual awakening or massive transformation that doesn't have some people drift out of their life. Right. And align to new people. And I think leaving room for that is so valuable and important. Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, And there were quite a few that, you know, there, there are only a couple that still remain. 
But one of the realizations that I had, and I think anyone who is a healer or a coach or doing any kind of work um, that is of service to others and, and aligning with their purpose and kind of, it's just that realization that we are all on our journey at the time we are supposed to be on our journey. And we can't expedite that for anybody. We can't speed it up for anyone. That is up to them. And this is all, again, that beautiful awakening or beautiful unfolding that I refer to because it you have to remind yourself that it is all there as it should be and it is unfolding as it should be. That's why I call it the beautiful unfolding because it has its beauty. It may be painful, it may be uncomfortable, but it is beautiful. And as someone observing someone else going through that journey, especially with people we love, we want to help speed them along. You know, I have people asking me, oh, how can I manifest for my son? Or how can I manifest for my husband? And I'm like, well, it doesn't really work like that. You can send them love and light. And you can, you can, you know, intend that they wake up to this kind of thing, but you can't do that for them. And that's right. hard to accept. I feel like. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to want to do that for other people than to dig into our own self-work, right? It's like, can I just fix everybody else and and not really look at what's like you said in the basement and, and all, like you said, with your coaching certification, it's like, it all begins with you, right? Everything begins with before you can go out in the world, right. And really be of service you have to do your own, right, inner work to kind of look at some of your stuff to understand, right, to understand the journey. I think one of the biggest gifts that we can give to people is like making the walk ourselves so that we can truly understand the walk. Like, how do you guide or lead someone through something if you've never been through that yourself? Or how do you ask someone to look at something if you're not looking at it, right? Or you haven't looked at it. And so I just think that's a beautiful like confidence that you can carry with you when you know you've done some of this inner, you know, introspection and work. So it's beautiful. So, so after you um, kind of started to, we're working with at the yoga um, place and you started to kind of shift some of this and you went through your coaching certification, like, and you started working with people, like, what was that experience like? Obviously you'd gone through working on yourself, seeing so much about yourself. What was it like that bridge? Cause I, I think a lot of people ask me questions about it. Like, like the moment where you take the inner work out into the world. Right. And, and just like everything in life, like when you go from high school to college, let's say it's an Mm -hmm. adjustment, it's a different, you know, it's a whole different world. Um, so what was that time in your life? Like it was tricky. Um, there were many fulfilling moments where my clients would have success or the aha moment, the realizations, but also I'm an empath. So, and I was doing energy work because shortly after the coaching certification, I went through Reiki um, one and two. So I started incorporating energy work with my clients and it was like a natural progression. It just naturally felt right. I think I was already doing that anyway, because as an empath, it was like, I was pulling in their energy and sharing a lot of my energy. So again, that reminder that you can't speed anything up for someone. And that, you know, the thing that's great about the coaching certification is that you learn through a true coaching training program that you are not there to mentor 
someone. You're there to ask questions that help unfold and unpack things for them so they can have these realizations. And there was that, again, it's this growth and this healing that I'm on and that we're all on, even if you do go through the coaching program and you do the work on yourself, you're still on a lifelong journey with that. So it gave me an incredible opportunity to continue to struggle with number one, codependency, and number two, learning how to protect my energy. So those were two wonderful things that came out of some of the the challenges with coaching. So, you know, like I said, there were a lot of really beautiful moments, but things that would consistently surface were, you know, me falling into that codependency, trying to, to make them feel better or make them heal or make them realize something um, because I felt like I had to have that breakthrough moment with each session. I didn't give myself permission to just be the coach that allowed them to unfold it and unpack it on their own. So there were some of those beginning challenges. Of course, now it's years later and I have that realization and I understand that, but I feel like that could be a really tough challenge for some young coaches, you know, who especially, you know, I think you, I think with coaching, it's interesting because the questions and the, the techniques and things like that that you learn through a, cert, a proper certification are very helpful. I think there are some people out that are coaches that are well-intended, but they also, in, and they're giving great value. They, they don't have to have a coaching certification to give great value um, to their clients, but I think they also, it's really important to learn the techniques to protect your own energy and how not to slip into that because as someone who's a healer and people who want to serve others, you can, I think it's very easy to kind of slip down that slide of, of feeling you need a breakthrough every time and associating your value as a coach with that. Yeah, definitely. And for even people like, that aren't coaches like so anybody that identifies as sensitive or an empath or super intuitive who you know maybe isn't doesn't have energetic boundaries that have them say this is mine and this isn't mine right like so everything feels personalized everything feels like yours um can you just share maybe some of the things that you've learned you know to help people because i feel like this is a really big deal right as the world continues to wake up, right? And as people continue to become more sensitive and the veil thins and people are feeling more energy, right? And and this is not something we learn in school. This is not something, and many oh, okay. times, right? And many times we grow up in family systems where people have taken your energy all along, right? So there's this, there's this relationship between me giving up my energy to somebody means love, like, this is how I love people. I just totally bleed myself dry of my energy, which is how I share my love. And that just gets linked up with some idea of love. And so, so what tools can people use to like, make sure they are sovereign in themselves, that they have their energetic boundaries? Like, what did you learn along your journey? Yeah, that's really, really good. I'm glad you asked me that. Um, and I think... Okay, so there's a couple things I want to touch on. Um, you had said sometimes you've carried this person's energy all along. That was one of the things that I I didn't realize 
at first. I was carrying a deep sadness. I would go, I went through hypnotherapy, a bunch of different modalities for healing and clearing energy um, from my body and just rewriting the mental program and everything. But I still felt this like, even, even though we did all that work, much of that feeling was gone from me, but there was still this little feeling of sadness that was just kind of hovering like a tiny little dark cloud the sky was blue but there was this little dark cloud still there and um i realized then that through some healing work with um and it was really simple healing work um i allowed myself to step into my mother's perspective as a child and what she went through there were a lot of mother wounds in my life And she was um, also highly sensitive and an empath. So she picked up a lot of things from her childhood that carried over into our relationship. And I was really carrying her sadness for many, many years. I didn't even realize this until I was probably in my thirties. And um, that was number one. So I had to have these experiences where I could empathize and have sort of a healing experience with my mother, whether we could physically have that together or I could have it one-on-one with her, um, or it just had to be in my mind as a meditation where I would allow myself to see her perspective as a child. And really as an empath, you can step into that feeling and you can understand that what she carried over into our relationship was just because she didn't know how to protect her own energetic boundaries and how to heal and go do that diving in within to kind of figure out, well, who am I without this sadness attached to me? The other thing, and this is the most powerful thing that I have come to understand with empaths, or at least my journey as an empath, I needed to know my baseline. Like who is Christina Medina, this human in this body, when she is not affected by other people or other energies or any kind of stimulation whatsoever. Like who is this person? How does it feel to be me? And as an empath, you really have to take a journey of of being alone. You have to, I feel like many people do not like being alone. They don't, they get, I don't know, we're overstimulated. They feel like they get bored. They don't know what to do with themselves when they're alone. So I found moments because I lost so many of my friends. I mean, I had to release them because we were no longer in alignment. Um, And so I was alone all the time with my cat, Harriet, you know, in my fifth floor walk up in the East Village, you know, and I would spend Sundays, that was a day off. I would spend Sundays alone, just connecting with myself and just feeling what it felt like to be in my baseline. And I think that's the number one thing is like knowing what is your baseline, knowing what is your energetic frequency, which is not super high or super low, it's neutral. You know, we're in, we're in a place of neutrality and um, full of love, light and abundance. I believe that's our natural state. But when you start to feel something that doesn't feel like that, then you have to start questioning like, wait, where's this coming from? Am I picking up something else? Did I pick up energy from someone else? Did something, a message that I read or an email that I saw 
or a movie that I watched, like, did it, did it imprint something on me that's still kind of like, has a little residue that's still kind of affecting me and, and I'm feeling it. And, you know, you could, you could just walk by someone on the street and connect eyes with them or see them in their experience and carry that feeling with you, whether you want to or not. So num the most powerful thing for me was just identifying what is, what, how do I feel when I'm not being influenced? So that way, when I feel something else, I can question it and get curious about it. And 98% of the time I'm being influenced by somebody else's energy. The other 2% is when I've got a memory or something that's buried down in the basement that I need to get curious about. My baseline is peaceful, happy, calm. I have faith that everything works out. Yeah, that is so awesome and valuable and important because I think in any spiritual awakening process, like there is the period where you untether yourself from a lot of this other world you were living in, this egoic kind of, you know, concept that you were born into. And there's this like in between, I call it the gap, right? And you do spend a lot of time alone. And ex for exactly the reason you're talking about, it's so valuable because you have to be able to be able to feel yourself, right? Like, who am I without my circle of friends? Who am I without all like the distractions, like you said? And in this day and age, it's constant, right? With social media and movies and everything on demand, we literally have it at the touch of our finger on a computer screen or on our phone, so much inundation of of information and like everything, right? And everything, what's fascinating too, is like everything targeted to who like the algorithm thinks that you are, right? So like whoever you, whatever you've clicked on, right? They're sending you all kinds of, it's like your whole world becomes what the algorithm thinks you want to see, which is also an inundation of like information that I think that we, we don't even question it, you know, these days we don't even look at that. And so, you know, your advice is so great for people to really, you know, they're showing me like, like, I don't know what you call it. Like when you walk out like into nature and you just leave everything else behind for like a day or two, just to even feel your own energy. Like you almost need to do that. Right. Cause we live, you live in New York. I live in California. Like there's even my husband, funny enough, like we have neighbors, right. That live next to us. My husband's always like, I feel all their energy. Like I can't, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. feeling the people that live in the house next door in the house across the street. And, and so we rarely know what it's like to just be alone with our energy. And if you look back on your life, right? Anybody who's listening, you will notice probably that there isn't a lot of like spans of time where you really go, wow, yes, I was just with my energy. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. In New York, I'm around people's energy all the time. It's, uh, it can be, you know, th this realization and knowing the baseline, I, I can give you one really cool example because, and I, it kind of goes off into a different subject. So I don't want to go there, but I want to give you this example. I remember I was walking down the street in New York and I was working. Um, I had a, you know, I was, I'm in real estate. So I was like dressed up, you know, in a dress and everything, you know, and um, walking down the street, there was a construction worker working on a parking garage, sitting in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> he was just like resting <laughs> here, you know? And he walked by me and he was like, 
Ooh, you look good. You know? And I turned around and I said, you know what? Women don't like that. Just so you know. And I said, and when you say that those kinds of, he's like, Oh, I'm just trying to make you feel good about yourself. I said, I, I thank you. I don't need you to make me. I actually had a conversation with him about it, you know, but I, I was like, it. I don't need you to make me feel good. And I said, in fact, when you say something like that, it makes me feel kind of creepy. And like, I should walk around with like a potato sack on. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That was a very empowering moment for me because fast forward, like a week later, I was walking down the street in the East Village where I lived and I knew I was walking by some guys and, you know, guys love to say things to women on the street here. I was walking by some guys and I was like, I don't want to feel this feeling like, you know, they, they objectify you, they say things to you. And I feel as an empath, they're like projecting their kind of opinion of you onto you. And then it makes you feel shame because I also had some abuse in my childhood. So I have shame that I've had to work through, like with my own body through all of that. So when men would say that to me, it made me feel, I'm sure it makes all women feel disgusting, but it made me feel particularly disgusting because I was, as an empath, I was picking up their feeling about me and it was like triggering all this shame. So when I was walking by them, I was like, I don't have to feel those feelings. Those are not my feelings. That's their feelings. I can walk right by, I can keep my head up high and I can make this bubble around me that feels like a beautiful, confident woman that I am that is succeeding in life. And I don't have to feel those feelings. And I walked by, walked by them and I did not feel those feelings. And it was like that realization that I can, and visualization is a great tool as well. I can make this bubble around me and I can, you know, protect my energy in whatever way I can. And I'm going to keep my head up high. I do not, I give myself permission not to feel those feelings. That's the other thing. That's so powerful. I always say like, it's so interesting that we don't consider that we don't have to take something that someone else says into our heart, right? Have you ever noticed someone says something awful, like, or even someone, you know, says something mean, and you immediately allow that energy, not only to go into your heart space, but then it's like all these thoughts come up and past stuff gets triggered and you are fixated right on that thing that someone said, whether it was something in passing, whether it was a big conversation, it doesn't matter, right? It can be like the littlest phrase and it's just expanding in your field. And I'm like, isn't it weird that we never even naturally just consider I don't need to take that into my heart. Like, I don't need to listen to that. And I don't need to bring this into my yeah. heart space. I don't need to process this for somebody, I, right? I can just send that energy back like you did. It's such an important and valuable lesson because most of the time, I think if anybody sat down and really thought about it, and you guys can do this, it'd be kind of a fun exercise, that most of the time you get kind of like sucked into like a negative vortex, right? Of like spinning in negative thoughts. It's because you've taken things into your heart as if they're fact or truth, or if they matter more than what you think and feel, right? And then you are ruminating about whatever is linking up to past trauma, whatever's linking up to past circumstances where that's happened to you, right? And it's like, it becomes this huge, like energetic spin, right? And I think most of those things are really the things that pull us, right, away from like being connected and feeling like a sovereign being and being connected to the divine. It's like that type of ego stuff, right, that pulls at us is um, is all linked to exactly what you're talking about and being able to catch those moments and give yourself permission like you did so beautifully. Like I don't, I can walk by these people and I don't have to take on any of this. 
Exactly, exactly. And you can do that with anything. Because one of the things to keep in mind is that people respond to you and whatever you do or their life based on their perception, based on the lens they look through their life, their past history, their belief system, their mental program, all those things affect the comment that they made to you. Um, there's a whole history there that we are not a part of, that is their internal history. And we can always give ourselves permission um, to just we don't have to make that our truth. And again, it's like going back to knowing your baseline, going back to knowing what is your truth. You write your life, you write your truth, nobody else. And if you take the time to do that, then when someone challenges you with something or says something to you that could potentially be hurtful or could send you down, like trigger you and send you down that spiral of like insecurity and bringing up old things, you know, okay, they're, it's, you know, they're thinking this way and they responded this way because that's the way they believe the world is. But I don't believe the world this is this way. I know that I am not this way. They're saying that based on their belief system it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's so powerful. So what is your like core kind of, um, gift, I want to say to your coaching clients, you have a coaching practice and you're coaching people. Like, what is it that you feel like is the thing that you want to leave your clients with? The thing that, well, self-love, I mean, I feel like at the root of everything that I do, it's about self-love, but self-love is a very broad term. And I think it's really about embracing the experiences that they've had so far and where they are in this moment and realizing that they can actually change everything because everything that happened to them so far and every memory of it is part of a program, part of our subconscious mind and part of a belief system. We actually can we have the power to change all of that, to change that program and create an entirely new belief system. And we can choose the belief system that we choose to believe. And it can be one that is more supportive and encouraging, you know, but I think it all comes down to loving ourselves enough to make that journey and loving ourselves enough to be okay with like the mistakes that we've made uh, and our history and, and things that have happened to us and knowing that it's not our fault, like things that were out of our control, that's not our fault. And that we can just embrace that part of ourselves as like the beautiful human that we are. And so that to me is the, the reason why I do what I do, because I want people to feel empowered in their life. I want people to feel that they can create the life they want. I did that. I healed through a lot of feeling that I didn't deserve, that healed a lot of money wounds that dramatically changed my life. Um, it healed relationship wounds. I'm engaged now to an, a beautiful, amazing man that I never would have conceived of, let alone would have been able to align with because there was so much pain associated with love and, you know, wounded men relationships and things like that. So I, I want people to feel empowered that it, this work is not it doesn't have to be hard if you can love and embrace your situation and yourself enough. It does not have to be hard. The, the going into the basement, the, all this stuff, you can actually enjoy this process. And the more you get to that place of enjoyment, when it surfaces in, in real life experiences, because it's not going to go away, 
you know, this is just being a human in the world that you find it like, I don't know, I like to think of the link of it a little bit like a video game, you know, that like, <laughs> you know, oh, great, we get another chance to get a gold coin or something, you know, because <laughs> we're going to go through this, you know, and it's almost becomes playful. It's like, you know, you can be playful with yourself about this too. Like, just like I said, when, you know, I realized that I didn't have to feel those feelings that those guys were like projecting on me. I was like, oh no, we're creating a bubble. We're walking, we're putting our head up high. You know, it's like, it becomes playful in the way that even you speak to yourself. And that's a huge part of it too, because this program controls your thinking and it controls the way that you speak to yourself, like internally and how you let others speak to you. I love it. Yeah. In this video game, you can eat that like big pellet and you can get two more lives, right? (laughs) In a lifetime. And you multiply. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, for real. Whatever you want. want. So great. That's such a great analogy. That's awesome. Well, will you share where people can connect with you and read more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I, the best place to connect with me is, is to go to my website, mindsetsmanifestation.com. I have a Sunday night email. It's basically like a free membership because we go through a lot of this mindset stuff and I give um, the subscribers an opportunity to work on something that week through the email. And then it also kind of, it connects to the podcast that I released that following Monday. So, and you can also certainly listen to the podcast, which is the same name, Mindset to Manifestation. And you can also find me on Instagram, same name. So I'm I'm here to serve. I love doing it. And uh, it brings me the greatest joy. I connect with the followers on Instagram. I get messages there. I love to respond to them with voice notes and things like that. So that's the most rewarding part is is hearing from the people that listen. When I get an email response back saying, I'm so glad you sent this email because I really needed it. That's, you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. I think sometimes people don't like realize, like, it's like sometimes people reach out and they're like, I hope I'm not bothering you. I'm like, yeah. no, I want to talk to you. I mean, when you have a podcast, you know what it's like. You sit by yourself a lot of times I in know. a room or you're connecting with somebody, you know, over Zoom. I mean, you don't know who, you know, who all the people are that listen. And so it's so fun when people share parts of their life and reach out and like, you know, tell me a story about something or how an episode impacted them. I mean, it's the most fun, right? It's why we do what we do and why we share information. And so like you talked about with connection, like you put so much information out, you don't necessarily always get to hear back. And so I love that connection as well. So, so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your journey with us and some of the tools. I think really impactful tools that everybody listening can start utilizing in their life. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was, I loved it. I loved connecting with you. I've got like the goosebumps and the chills and everything. So beautiful. Thank you very, very much. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the soul frequency show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the soul frequency. If you haven't yet go to Apple podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.